Today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, Doug proposes an obvious Gordon Hayward trade. Am I going to accept it? We'll find that out in just a moment. And I think today is the day we finally get to Mason Plumley. We'll also take your comments all in a Hive Live Fun Friday edition of Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> You guys are asking for it. We are going to give it to you. It is a hive live on this fun Friday. We appreciate you hopping on with us. This Lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. Remember, you can get us anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way, where we continue to grow. And now we're trying to grow our Facebook structure, where if you like our Facebook page a thousand times, then Doug is going to dress like grandmama. Is that still going on the crawl, Doug? Are we reminding people of that constantly? Yes, we have a crawl now. It is going on the crawl. People understand. I think people are getting it now. 1,000 likes. I've seen, we've gotten, I think we've gotten like something like crazy, like 50 likes in the past couple of days. So people get it. They want to see me dress like grandmama. They do. Well, I mean, this is exactly why we did this, because even though you are incapable of being embarrassed, we know that at least they like to see us dress up. I am. I am very it is very capable to embarrass me. In fact, it happens quite easily. So the fact that you are the one that just put yourself out there for this instead of signing it without asking, which has happened multiple times. I'm glad that we went that route instead. I'm Walker Mail. I've been covering Charlotte sports for a while, a couple different publications. Doug has been covering the Charlotte Hornets for the Lockdown Hornets podcast for quite a while. His own family now calls him the OG of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And we appreciate you hopping on with us this fun Friday. Lots of stuff to get to. Um, And the first thing that I see on the rundown that Doug made for me today is there is an obvious Gordon Hayward trade staring us in the face. And we, the media, refuse to acknowledge it. Doug is attacking the media, is attacking me. I maybe made that stuff up. But Doug, what is the Gordon Hayward trade that you want to talk about that's so obvious? I mean, it's really crazy that, I mean, I can't believe that we haven't talked about it before now because it's just sitting there, just staring us right in the face I haven't seen anyone talk about it until I saw it come up uh, in a podcast. I think Scoto, uh, Michael Scoto, is always on this stuff, and he brought this idea. Scoto or Scoto? I call him. I call him. Look, we're good friends. I call him Scoto, the scout, the scout master. Uh, Yeah, so uh, Scotty for sure. Beam me up, Scotty. That's what I always say to him when we talk. So Michael Scoto was on a podcast talking about some trade options for different teams, and uh, Cleveland came up. Okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers ever heard of oh, them? Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Oh, no. There's two contracts <laughs> oh, right no. now that they, they match up perfectly. It wouldn't even need to, I mean, maybe one team gives a second round pick here. Another team gives a second round pick here, but I'm of course talking about one. I don't know his middle name. I'll look it up, but it's Kevin yeah. uh, Richard Love. I'm going to guess that's his middle name. <laughs> Kevin why do I feel Richard like that's Love. right? It's going to be right. It's going to be close. What uh, is no, it? it's not. It was. It was Kevin Wesley. Kevin Wesley Love. The contracts match perfectly. But here's the here's the good part of this deal, Walker, mm-hmm. is that Kevin Love's contract expires after this season. So you get to okay. clean up the books. You get to add a player that can give you a little offensive punch off the bench. I'm not talking about trading for Kevin Love five, six years ago and making him a starter. I mean, he would play essentially the same role Remember that he played in conversations Cleveland. Existed, by the way, like that was an actual conversation that we had about the Hornets possibly pursuing him in, in a type of deal. Or there, there, I mean, man, that was Kimba stuff, I think. When yeah, LeBron see, a long already- time ago. I'm talking about bringing yeah. it back with this Gordon Hayward situation, reaching a critical point, you know, and, and that's the thing too. Kevin Love last season played over 70 games. Like, you know, on, on the, he's not like the he's not the most durable, but I think you could count on him to play next season. Yeah, he played twenty five the season before that. Well, but yeah, but but if you if you ignore that, right? Yeah. But if you ignore that, been pretty durable. Yeah, I I actually wasn't prepared for this take. Um, you know, the trade was not so obvious to me. He averaged thirteen point six points per game. 
43% shooting overall, but 39% from three on six attempts per game. I think he got some six man of the year votes, but it was one of those things where it's probably more so name recognition than it was actual, you know, this is somebody that deserves this award. Uh, I, I do like that it's going to come off of the books one year sooner. I do like that. That's what I'm saying. So I, I just, are, are we there? Like, are, do you think that we can get, you don't think we can get any value for Gordon Hayward's contract because this is essentially a wash of washed up players. Well, okay, great. I mean, I'd say, you know, yeah, I think that's, no, that's the best you, you can hope for. That's the best, okay. to me, that's the best you can hope for is get, it's not, again, it's not about, ooh, the Hornets desperately need what Kevin Love has to offer. It's that he can mm-hmm. offer them something. And, and the biggest thing that he offers, and who knows, you know, it could be a situation where they don't even play him. I mean, it could be, you know, sort of a wave situation and, uh, you know, ultimately a clean the books kind of situation, similar to what we were talking about in terms of a Russell Westbrook deal, except I think Kevin Love is still playable. And I don't know that Russell Westbrook necessarily is. I mean, uh, if you're, if you're trying to compete. Yeah. Uh, but Kevin Love can be a piece. He, I mean, proved that he proved that in Cleveland. He was, he was, a uh, you know, not again, not a, like a critical piece, but he was willing to come off the bench and, and play his role. Well, it would be a very similar situation, right? Like Kevin Love coming off of the bench with a team that is young. They're up and coming. They're clearly foundation pieces here where Kevin Love is going to have to take that back seat. And at least there were times where do you remember was it Kevin Love just like refusing to inbound the ball there there was a couple maybe this was two years ago I think yeah. last year it's starting to straighten out but he had clearly had an awful attitude when he just didn't want to be in Cleveland well, anymore I mean I, but I think that's fair, changed. he's been in Cleveland yeah. a long time you, you oh, stay in Cleveland that yeah. long I think anyone's going to have a pretty terrible attitude yeah yeah but i it is a similar situation i was not expecting that um but okay, okay. i like the money coming off the book sooner you know three-point shooter solid. no one's gonna love it this is not a deal here's the deal this is not a deal that you fall in love with but but not. here's the thing i don't love the idea of holding on to gordon hayward at that dollar amount for several more years and having no guarantees about whether or not he's going to be able to play uh, many games for the next couple of seasons so um, the next, I kind of want to just go down the rundown as if this were a David Walker text. I ended the show yesterday saying David was going to come on with us. And that's me just having diarrhea of the mouth, just not being able to stop myself, trying to think of something to say. Usually David joins us, but he had told us already he wasn't going to be able to join us. So I apologize to everybody that was looking forward to having David on. I do want to read this rundown as if it were a long text from David having a bunch of topics to discuss. The next one on this list put on there by Doug Branson is head candy atrocity. Oh, what kind of hat are you, what, what hat are you beefing with Doug? Oh my God. Let me see if I can get this up on the, uh, the old share screen here. I wasn't really, Wait, wasn't... so, so let me, I, I might try to guess this too. So I, I wouldn't have guessed Kevin love. Did you have a problem with the Western conference finals hats last night? Well, we'll we'll find out and we'll find out in just a second because uh, because I liked him and I saw Chris Herring tweet this out the font that they use it was '90s NBA Finals esque and I I looked at those hats and I thought they were pretty cool so I hope it's not that. All right, first of all, I want to go to these Kevin Love stats real quick. <laughs> so yeah, back? so he played 25, 56, and twenty two. So really, if you ignore if you pay close attention to the last season and ignore the three last previous seasons. Yeah then you you have to say that he's durable. <laughs> <laughs> a 33-year-old right, find this. Uh, he's probably more immobile than Gordon Hayward is, by the way. Uh, yeah, oh, this you is hate the, him! This really is the like hat him. atrocity. Uh, oh, these no. got These got pulled out last night. The Western Conference Finals winner hats. Yeah, I mean, and and I agree with Peter here on the, on the tweeter who says these look like truck stop hats. This is a Bobcats hat that you find in a Stuckies or whatever. Um, Stuckies. Buffalo Shoals, yeah, maybe. This is, not, this is not a professional. And look how big they are, too. They're like engulfing. That's too – I mean, if you're – look, most of these basketball players, they're, they're big people, and so they have generally large heads. And the, these hats are like bucket hats. It's crazy. Well, I mean, one, Steph Curry is not exactly a huge person, but it is big. Oh, he's and, larger than both of us. And that's – no, he's not bigger than me. A ta- ta- well, first of all, height is not big. 
Well, yeah, I, I probably weigh more than him too. I, I think I am taller and I weigh more than him. All right. How much do you weigh? Well, well, there's an easy way to find this out. How much do you weigh? All right. So I weigh 215 and I'm 6'6. Six, six. All right. Fine. Those are my dimensions. All right. Fine. You're bigger than Steph Curry. <laughs> but, dude, he looks like, bigger on TV, though. Yeah. Like, sit, come on. You know, Steph All Curry, right, he's. He's he's a point guard, Doug. That's what Fine, he is. You but, win. He, you know, yeah, you win. You win the size contest. He wins literally everything else. The size of his wa- yeah. the size of his wallet is much larger than you. Oh my God, <laughs> it's it, it is leaps and bounds bigger. His than wallet mine. weighs more. It weighs three times as much as you do. Even you know, yes. I don't know why I, I'm sitting I am, here defending Steph Curry. I don't know why that this was. I my thought dad I could was, beat up your dad. I thought I was your ride to die. You know, I thought we were sitting here getting filthy rich off of this podcast, but instead you're saying now it's small potatoes compared to Steph Curry. I will say the hat is, I like the style fine enough. The hat is boxy though. And that it, it looks like how all the hats look on me forwards. And we've already done this experiment. I don't want to do it again, but where I try to put the bill like you should normally have it, but I don't look good like that. So anytime I put a hat on, I have to go backwards. That's just, I have to roll, and I think Steph Curry probably. See, I think see you. How much did you say you weigh? Two fifteen. See, you're a small. See, what I think you're a small two fifteen. Steph is a big one eighty five. Okay, for sure. You know he's big boned too. I'm gonna put that. Any- I, in fact, that's gonna be the first uh, YouTube chat poll of the day. <laughs> is Steph Curry a big one eighty five? All right, yes let's no. get. Do you? Let's get to the last point on this first segment. You you say you also have a stat. That will blow You're just my rolling mind. through them. I, I was going to spread these bad boys out, but you were just oh. you were rolling along on a on a Friday on this fun Friday. <laughs> it's just like Noah Trey says. Wingo. Noah says on the chat, I need to see Walker post up stuff. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either. I mean, I'd love to if we can get somehow Steph to come back to Charlotte. Then maybe you know he is coming back to Charlotte. So maybe that's crazy. What a that, crazy, what a crazy season Steph has had. I mean, just I uh, I mean. Yeah, I know all the MVP candidates were the big guys, but wow. I mean, Steph Curry certainly has looked like one of the more impressive players in this postseason. Well, and how about Clay Thompson's story yesterday? That was really cool. He was going to get, he was close to getting emotional after missing two years. It's an, it, like, I was looking at those stats last night for Clay. One, he goes for over 30, starts hitting buckets, right? It was awesome to see. But you look at what he did this past year, shooting 39% from three, averaging 20 points per game in the 30 games that he played, having come back from the ACL tear that he suffered in the 2019 NBA Finals, and then having the Achilles tear on top of that. To be able to to perform like that and help your team get to the NBA Finals, it's insane. Uh, it's Happy as hell for Clay Thompson. I thought that was really cool, and it was cool to see Steph Curry. All right, let's let's hold off on the stat then. I didn't realize you wanted to break these up. Yeah, well, we let's do let's do the stat in the second. So can I say one more thing about the hat? Like I, sure. what I don't love about the hats, it, it's a 2022 NBA Finals Western Conference Championship hat. I don't like doing a throwback. This is my. I have a general beef. This is not just hats. But I have a general beef with throwbacks in the playoffs. You don't, yeah. Like well, it's the twenty twenty two NBA. Fi- How about we establish an identity for? See, I gotta, I gotta lean back. I push the microphone back because this makes me hot. Like, can we establish <laughs> an identity, a brand identity? For the 2022 NBA Finals, what? How are you going to throw back to this moment in in Western Conference history? If if it's already a throwback, it'll be a throwback to a throwback. Yeah, what is funny too is you could have had something here with the first Magic Johnson Western Conference uh, Finals MVP award. You know, like this could be the start. Hey, what kind of hat did they have back in that day? You could kind of start on a new slate if you wanted to. All right, let's get to that stat coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. I did go there quickly. That's my fault. Yeah, take, well, so uh, we didn't have any. Well, I'm just surprised we didn't have any ad reads today. It's it's a uh, it's a first. Here we go. What? This is locked on Hornets. So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were <laughs> we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want him to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, we're coming back a little frazzled, apparently, here. So 
look, I, I was willing to take ownership of that mistake, but not anymore because I kicked it. I, I've done what we've been doing this whole new regime, right? And how we transition. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast, yep. and then you go Mm-mm. hum diddly D, nope. and then I preview what's coming up, and then I do the ad read. No, we we do have it. No, nope. this is on you. This is totally. This is not on me. This is not on I, me. No, number one, number mm-hmm. one, most importantly, I have a yep. baby. Okay, yes, baby is in a sleep regression right now. I am half asleep. Okay, number two, it's the way you said the toss that threw me off because. You instead of saying coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast, where there's an up inflection, which which signals to me that you have something else to say. Instead, you went down as if to say that's coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. I don't think when you that's go true. down, that to me is like, all right, we're going to break. I don't think that's true. But the thing is, we missed out on some fantastic news. Like Doug, it might call for waking up the baby to tell her about how great this news is. Are you ready okay. for it? Hit me. Okay. Built Bar. They're great. Talked about them a million times, right? Yeah. They're introducing a new product. Oh, boy. We are now getting the opportunity to buy granola bars from Come Built on. Bar. You talk about eating them for breakfast, Doug. Built Bar granola bars are a thing we've been asking and Built Delivered. Built granola bars are here. They come in three unbelievable flavors, just like the Built Bars have. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. If you want to try all three flavors, you can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. They're so different from the bars in the puffs. Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and they're covered in 100% real chocolate with 150 calories still, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. Built granola bars will change your world. They'll change your breakfast world. Built has cracked the code to do better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com very excited to do the whole uh, yeah i'm <laughs> yeah, gonna give you i'm telling you i'm gonna give you a little breakfast hack here okay yeah. you get uh you can get the individual yogurts or you can get a whole vat of yogurt whatever you want to do but you take a granola bar a built bar granola bar whatever and you dip it into the yogurt and then eat it that way and may you know you, you gotta like be that. okay with double dipping everybody's got to be cool with that in your in your household um, cause you're going to want to go back for the second dip on, on the yogurt, but you got to, par- it's like a handheld parfait. Um, that's a go-to move for me when I'm on the guy. I don't want to like make a cup and, you know, put the granola in and then the, and then mix it all. No, no, just take the granola bar, dip it right into the yogurt. This is a fun Friday. People, we talk about a lot of things. I think that's breakfast a good, hacks, warriors that's a really hats. good breakfast hack. I, I think that might be your best food take you've ever had as far as the innovation, as far as taste, just being able to be on the go. Finally, really a food take. One. Finally, I put a food take out there that Walker enjoys. Yeah, uh, I'm sure Nada is actually saying yes. That's a, an actual good food take from Doug because he'll clown you for that stuff too. But he clowns me, so it, Nada apparently has the most pristine taste and palate of anybody. All right, let's get to that stat, Doug. What stat is going to blow my mind? Okay, so uh, I'm going to need a second here to pull this up as well. I do have it up. I just got to get it on the share screen because this is a re- this is going to be a reveal. I stumbled as I was doing a little research for the show today and next week. I stumbled upon an interesting stat from cleaning the gr- cleaning the glass, which is a go to stat site for me. Okay, mm-hmm. so what I've done here, let me explain what I've done. I've got uh, all NBA players on off efficiency. And really, I just care about the efficiency when a player is on the floor versus when they're off, okay? I just got a little curious. I caught a little wild here, went down a rabbit hole in the stat world. You know how it is, Walker. You're the I do. You're the nerd boy on the show. You get it. So um, I'm looking at this, right, and I sort it by points per possession on off on offense. So this is essentially a measure of how well a team is doing while you're on the floor 
on offense, okay? And I'm looking here. Buddy Hill, that makes sense to me. James Harden, that that makes sense on a macro level. Yeah. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic, I mean, MVP, if you're talking about, you know, players that had the most minutes in this stat, then this sort of explains, you know, you could even go to the defensive end and look and see that they were, you know, that that Denver was 8.2 uh, points per possession better on defense when he was on the floor plus the 11.3 that he adds on offense. And you can see why he was, you know, leader in the clubhouse and and now uh, MVP again. But so then I got curious and I said, wait a minute, how long am I going to have to go until I find a Charlotte Hornets player on this list? And Walker, what Charlotte Hornets player would lead this list? Now, you know, there's some sample size theater going on here. But as I scroll, there is. I scroll, I scroll. Oh, I, I see sc- Malik Monk's name. I saw that name. You didn't see that. Don't worry about that name. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm still there. It is. Look at it in all of its glory. J T Thor. Thor. Yes, that's correct, folks. Plus 6.8 offensive efficiency when he's on the floor versus when he's off. And then if you scroll to the defensive numbers, he adds. Uh, well, see, this is the problem with this. Site. Yeah, that's tough because we're blocking some of the stats. There well, no, but it's, scroll, it's, it's right. the problem. It's the one thing I don't like about the site. So, um, they, uh, still are a little better on defense with him on the floor about, about a little above average, just a smidge above average. If you're looking at this number, 53rd percentile minus 0.4 points per possession, better on defense. But look at that, plus 6.8 when Thor's on the floor. Again, small sample size. I get it. If you scroll down a little further, P.J. Washington's name shows up. That would have up. been my guess. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I'm does. just saying, more Thor movement. I know you're out there. We have a stat that backs up. It's not. Look, we talked about the rookies not getting enough playing time. Mitch Kupchak, the general manager, mentioned it in his uh, end-of-year press conference, said he was a little peeved. Uh, he didn't say a little peeved, but he said he, he would have wanted the rookies to play a little bit more. I'm saying I'm a little peeved that JT Thor, not James Booknight, not Kai Jones, JT Thor should have been getting more playing time. He proved it. Um, th- That's a fun game to play. Of all of the rookies, who is going to get the most amount of minutes next year? Is it going to be James Booknight, JT Thor, or Kai Jones. Do you think Kai Jones is the easy guy on the outs? Like, does it ultimately become JT Thor and James Booknight that you're deciding between? Well, they're the most ready. You know, I think Kai Jones, and it all depends on the summer and the growth, you know, and and, and so much is a mystery at this point. And that was kind of going to, to Mitch Kupchak's point is that he didn't see them enough against NBA level competition. It's, you know, it's always good for them to go down and get reps in the G League. But I, I take from Mitch Kupchak's comments, honestly, that they don't really as an organization get a lot of intel by how well a player plays in the G League. So you can look at the swarm numbers and go, ooh, Book Knight yeah. did this, or ooh, Kai did that. But ultimately, it doesn't seem like they put a lot of weight in it, probably because the game is so different in the G League than it is in the NBA, and the level of especially de- defense is different in, in those two leagues. I would say it ultimately still comes between James Booknight and JT Thor. If if Terry Rozier is not traded and Cody Martin is still on this team, I guess I go JT Thor, right? I, I because you, you have Lamelo, you have Terry, you have Cody Martin, and I guess this is going to come down to what the next head coach values most. But JT Thor just might be that guy. I yeah I don't know that's that's a really tough question I <laughs> that's really tough between those two guys and then we'll see exactly what rookie would come in how how valuable they are how ready they are to play uh, Hornets are going to have some really interesting decisions to make as far as like your sixth seventh eighth ninth guys you know just the back end of that roster okay. um, rotation just in case you're curious I, I look this I look this up as well we can go back to the screen share so that everyone can see it as well. So I looked, I sorted this by team. So your Mm -hmm. positive offensive efficiency players for the Charlotte Hornets in terms of on off were LaMelo ball at plus 2.2. Well, let's, let's do it by highest to lowest. So PJ Washington at plus 6.4 miles bridges at plus 4.5 Cody Martin at plus three LaMelo ball at plus 2.2. And then Jalen McDaniels at 0.9. And then in the negative column, it's going to go 
Uh, from worst, you would go Ishmith at minus 8.2, Mason Plumley at minus 7.3, Gordon Hayward at minus 4.6, and Montres Harrell at 0.9, or Kelly Oubre at 2. minus 2.5, Montres Harrell at 0.9, and um, Terry Rozier right at zero. Gamer, though. Mason Plumley in the 11th percentile. Yeah, and um, that's make sure I got not, my numbers right. Yeah, points per possession on off. Yep, that's that's it. Not very good. And finally, we did tease it. We've been trying to get to him forever. I think it is going to be coming up uh, soon. I before we do that, before we do that, I was going to say, hold on, know, what are you doing here? What do you no, have to? You're you're confusing me. See, you, I know. you blame me for that, this. That's why I stopped. That's why I stopped. I was going to say, do you just want to get to comments on the other side and then go Mason Plumley? Do you want to do comments now? And then get to Mason Plumley. That's what I was going to ask. All right, I'm going to get some I, comments now. I'm going to get some comments now. People okay. have been waiting Stop long enough. Justin says Kai Jones is a baby Giannis. What do you think about that, baby Giannis? Kai Jones. I would love it. That'd be baby sweet. Giannis. By the way, speaking of baby, I saw a cutaway during the Heat Celtics series to Glenn Baby Davis. Yeah, it's a baby no more. Yeah, you know, he's that big. Is a full, a full grown man. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to say. Uh, Deshaun Dadon says, we got to let book cook. That's what I'm talking about. He's no longer a rook. Um, Okay. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) It's a fun Friday. That was fun. That was really fun. Uh, Reese says, Thor was a guy that really stood out when he was on the floor. He was aggressive and assertive at times and made moves to the basket that make you go, quote, whoa, unquote. Definitely passes the eye test. I didn't do that whoa good enough. Quote, Whoa! Definitely passes the eye test, which I mm-hmm. love. Uh, Deshaun Dadon wants book. Uh, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling. Blake Blake says more Thor. That's what I'm talking about. That is the group call. Uh, Noah agrees with me. Doug has a baby. How dare you? Thank you. Uh, Sorry. Josh yeah. says having a baby equals no fault can be shifted on Doug. So, the people get it. The people they they do. It. I don't look. I am without a child. I don't understand day, it. So I apologize. Day, yeah. You'll have the you'll have the pleasure. <laughs> and then, well, the pleasure of being able to be wrong on this show and and no consequences. Right. That's uh, not. Ethan Divorce says Gordon for who? Yeah, Gordon. Uh, he, maybe you just joined us, Ethan. You missed the trade idea. Uh, head back and, and check it out either on the DVR feature here on YouTube or, or later, but essentially it was Gordon Hayward <laughs> for Kevin Love. I know you're yeah, not we... going to love it, but you're going to like it. You're going to mm-hmm. be okay with it when he are, plays. Are and you... he, he, hey, hey, effective field goal percentage last season was nearly 56, okay? PJ's was 57. He didn't play poorly last season. No, no, I'm lots just of saying, rebounds, you, and and if you're talking about him as like as like a big that you can go small with, he doesn't turn the basketball over. That you know, we'll get to this Mason Plumley stuff. That was the one thing with Mace is like he could turn the other team over in a way that bigs don't often do. But then he killed you on the turn. He killed you with his own turnovers. So okay, yeah, but and you know the effective field goal percentage for Gordon wasn't good. I mean, it's not like we need to be just solely staring at that stat. But yeah, all right, there you go. I mean, it's just weird. I I really didn't sit you with numbers, and you had no defense. So yeah, no, I I got shaken up. I got a little. I got for sure shaken. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. A seamless transition is coming up on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We do finally get to um, some Mason Plumlee conversation. So we'll actually talk about what he did this past season. No more putting it off. No more actually just saying we're going to get to it the next day. It's happening. We're going to get to it in the final segment today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. We got a couple of rookies here. I got David spreading fake news. Guess what? Four championship games in a row. Continued success, sustainability. I've got Steve Bob not plugging in his headphones. Which I would love to see JaVale McGee, uh, you know, get out there on the ice velodrome or whatever you call those things. This is a professional show we're trying to run here. Only on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I can't quite get past the high-pitched voice, Doug. <laughs> having a baby, it's just, I can hear What it. are you talking about? I think that having a baby lower your voice a little too, just being that grown man that you are now, I feel like I can tell the difference. 
very uh, easily. No, it's, so. it's, it's literally talking for an hour every day about the Charlotte Hornets for yeah. uh, the past eight years. I think that's what ultimately it, it does mature voice. you. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there's there's no doubt. All right, make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stateman, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tolan, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Doug, let's take a look at Mason Plumley. It's finally happening. We are here. We are doing it this segment. Why don't you lead us off? to give us a Mason Plumley discussion. Yeah, well, we've been doing these uh, player recaps, season recaps all season. We start with a little good, we mix in a little bad, and then we talk about some implications. So uh, let's do it, man. The good, I think there was some good. I mean, you know, it, it, it. unfortunately, the good was overshadowed by the the gap between what we needed from Mason and what he was able to actually give. And that I don't know that's, necess- that's not necessarily Mason's fault. Um, that's that to me, that's the general manager's fault. So I just want to kind of preface this whole thing by saying that, that, you know, Mason Plumley would have been a fine backup center, um, on a team that had some other rim protection options. All right. And his, and his greatest contribution, by the way, giving you more Thor. He came in the 37th overall selection by just yeah. Detroit wanted nothing to do with that contract. Ooh. We said, fine, we need a backup center and let's go ahead and take your 37th overall pick who you select JT there Thor for. That's his best contribution. There you go. Well, the more Thor movement will uh, make a small placard. It will not have his face on it, but a small placard will hang in our uh, Thor lodge uh, with Mason Plumley's name on it, honoring him for allowing the Hornets to draft JT Thor. So here's some good points. Walker, I'll just roll through them. He was mostly available. He had the COVID deal. He was one of the starters that was out in the protocol in the middle of the season. But uh, you know, he uh had some some injury, uh a few injuries here and there, a little ticky tack stuff, but was mostly available for the Hornets. I, he improved his free throw shooting from unplayable to playable again. Yeah. You know, we're oh talking about God. some silver yeah. linings here. Okay. Uh, assist percentage was in the upper echelon of bigs on a good ball movement team. We talked about this in the last show that Mason Plumley was one of the first, uh, starting bigs that got big minutes for the Hornets that has actually been able to pass the basketball. This is not something they traditionally have at that position. I hope they, you know, whoever they find rim protection wise, hopefully that player also has a little bit of a passing ability. You know, you know, you're not trying to have them handle the ball a ton, um, but he did have an assist percentage that was in the upper echelon of Bix. Yeah. Um, I think when you gave him the basketball, it's, it's not like it was a great form of offense to run. I'm not trying to dump it down to Mason Plumley and then have him try to facilitate to guys cutting towards the basket. When he did have it towards the elbow, I thought, he did an excellent job of fitting the basketball in tight windows from cutters on the baseline, whether it be a Cody Martin or a Jalen McDaniels, anybody like that. There were multiple times going to the Spectrum Center. You know, I, I was I was on the other end of the court, and he would try one of those passes. Like, dude, that's not going through. That's going to be a turnover. Multiple times that happened, and it was just a nice feed for a dunk or a nice layup. I, the, the guy knows where it, bounce passes. You know, being able to fit it in tight windows, tip of the cap, like that was impressive, right? If we're focusing solely on the good right now, available, being able to do that, there there were some nice defensive games from him. Like there were some some high rebounding games. Like every center is going to have that, I guess, if you're down low. But there were there were some games where we would give him some credit the next day. Um, but yeah, the passing was probably the most consistent, good quality that he would provide for a team on a consistent basis and the reverse dunks, you know, assist percentage and reverse dunks also had, I think maybe the highest reverse dunk percentage in the NBA. Oh yeah. Those are fantastic. And he would pull multiple, like, I I think there was, uh, there was one time that he had multiple possessions like in a row where he was reverse jamming it. Um, that was fantastic. That was a that fun was little thing. thing. Look, if you, yeah, yeah, if you know, uh, you, you got to have those out of your player, your sort of fringe players on the offensive end, just having those little things that you can kind of hang your oh, head yeah. on. It would have been a, would have been a really fun thing to look at if they had actually made the playoffs. Um, all right, a couple of more good things before we move on, move on to the bad. I, I put this under good. Was generally what you expected. Okay, he, you know, gave you yeah. good effort every night. 
was pretty consistent with what he was giving you and what he wasn't giving you, but what he was giving you, he didn't, I put, he didn't pull a Dwight Howard. He didn't come in and like try to revolutionize his game and start shooting a bunch of threes that he couldn't make. You know, I mean, he was, he was a guy that, you know, Borrego could depend on for certain things every game. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the things that you said was more so on uh, at the fault of the GM, you know, trading for Mason Plumlee, I've made that point a million times on this podcast and everywhere else. When they traded for Mason, we all were under the assumption that he was going to be a backup center that was going to get, I don't know, 15 minutes a game, maybe not even. And then you continue to go through the offseason where you don't address that center spot. And then, oh, it's going to be Mason Plumlee as the starter and a lot of P.J. Washington at the center minutes again, which are a great lineup. But the whole idea is to try to save P.J. Washington where that's not a necessity, right? Like that's not something you have to do because Mason can be unplayable at times and maybe a lot of times, depending on how you evaluate him. Yeah. Like that, that's, that was a huge problem, right? I don't think anybody was excited that Mason was going to be your starting center because nobody expected that to happen. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's exactly what happened. And and finally, one more good thing, high steal percentage. Uh, we saw the one man Plumley fast break, uh, be successful many times this season. And he and did like it. putting it on the deck, man. Like if he had his coast to coast opportunity, we saw some successful drives there. I'm look, I'm not going to sit here and say that like Mason Plumley. Uh, was like a, a large part of the reason that this team was great offensively. He wasn't, but no. he was a part. Um, you know, they would have had to find some things that he did elsewhere uh, had he not been around. Okay, so let's get to the bad because there was uh, a number of things that uh, certainly went wrong for Mason Plumlee this year. Again, just I, I think this is kind of unfair to say, but no rim protection. I mean, he's not a physical player underneath the rim. Honestly, not on the offensive end either. We talked about his passing being good, Walker, but there were plenty of times this season where sort of similar to Miami Heat fans and Bam Adebayo right now in the playoffs, you're like, Mason, just get, just go and dunk it. Just dunk mm-hmm. it. Just go get contact. But, but, okay, why did he not want the contact, Walker? Yeah, it got in his head. There's no other doubt the about it. The free throw shooting. Well, because God awful. Mason Plumley had always been a pretty bad free throw shooter, but Not he wasn't, but he wasn't Ben Wallace, Shaquille O'Neal type bad. Let me get you uh, the in fact, in fact, in fact, he got worse than that this year. It was mind blowing. Like the guy could not make a free throw to save his life. And he ended up shooting below 40% this year, even with him switching hands, which I think we saw, I I go back to Nate Britt of North Carolina. You know, he was on some of the better teams with them within this past decade. He was a guy that would shoot, I think, with his right or left and then switch it or switch his hand, vice versa, something like that. That's the only other time I could remember somebody doing something like this. And Mason Plumlee shooting free throws because he had something wrong with his right wrist or whatever. Um, Maybe San Antonio is when it first happened. Switches to his left hand. And becomes, I don't know, like 60%. I don't know if we have the strictly left-handed free throw shooting numbers, but I'm not gonna no, I'm right. not gonna but clearly better. Gonna but that. but clearly better, right? Like that it's astonishing. Rather and and he said I'm off not a going three-floor building to look <laughs> at his left-handed free throw shooting numbers. I'll just tell you that last year in Detroit, he was a uh 67% free throw shooter and dropped to a 39% free throw shooter. In Charlotte, in his previous two seasons to Detroit and Denver, he was fifty three point five and fifty six. His free throw shooting over his career has been all over the place; like it's not been a, a consistent number, uh, but thirty nine percent, and that was with some improvement towards the latter half of the year after he had the injury that forced him to shoot left handed, and it started to improve. It could have been somehow even worse than that, um, and it made him. You know, I mean, again, it it sort of made him unplayable at times. Um, And then uh, limited offensively, limited defensively, turnover percentage in the 10th percentile among bigs. You know, that's tough. I mean, he cost, I mean, he cost the Hornets a lot of possessions just turning the basketball over. And you know what? When you talk about that turnover percentage being so high with him not having the basketball a ton, and we know how awful this team was at transition defense. I mean, it is the perfect storm to get beaten uncertainly those possessions that it would take place so yeah that was that was a real problem and and by the way look man not to pick on plumley anymore but i do want to share this stat as i say he's worse than shaquille o'neal and he's approaching ben wallace i mean shaquille o'neal 
shot 52 percent 53 if you want to round it up from the free throw line for his entire career Mm -hmm. and that was still double digit percentage points above what mason shot this past season in fact if you go to the worst free throw percentage ever for shaq in any given season anywhere rookie wherever every single one of them was better than what mason shot every single season like Ben Wallace is considered the worst free throw shooter of all time. I think that's actually statistically a fact. And even Ben Wallace had some seasons where he was above Mason. I just want to put in perspective, like how weird this was to see him struggle so badly. It was weird. All right. So let's move on to sort of the implications for next season. Right now, he uh, his contract sits at $8.5 million next season. But Walker, only $4.2 million is guaranteed According to Spotrack, it's fully guaranteed if he's not waived before June 21st. So whether he's waived or not, my question to you is, will the Hornets be out of the Plumlee business after Miles, that failed experiment, and then now Mason in 2022-23, are they going to be out of the Plumlee business? I think they are going to be out of the Plumlee business. But what is interesting about this is the fact that you have this decision needing to be made before June 21st, and the draft is taking place a few days after that. So you don't even have the comfort of, all right, we have Mark Williams secure. We have Jalen Duran secure, whoever, even a Walker Kessler, if that's who they like. And if you don't have that yet, you have to assume you're going to take one of those guys in the draft. You have to assume that you're going to make a move in free agency and just take care of business that way. I still, even without that happening beforehand, I do think that they're going to be out of the Mason Plumley business. I don't think they're bringing him back. Um, all right. So I want to look at this poll uh, and then I want to answer some questions on the chat because we have plenty of them. Is Steph Curry a big 185? 71% of the audience said yes. um, said no. Uh, Z Birdie every day says, I think $8 million a year is a good deal for Plumlee. I mean, it's not a lot of money. I mean, I mean, uh, Z makes a good point there. I mean, you know, Ah, no, it's tough. What, what, you know, for a quality, if, you know, if if the free throw percentage returns to normal for a quality backup center is, is $8 million a ton of money. It's, it's enough You're to letting where I a bias it. of how awful he was last season influence <laughs> No, like, look, I, I don't want to pick on the guy even more so. Like, no, I don't want to pay $8 million on a for team Mason with Plumlee. no depth, though. I mean, it's not like, again, I've been saying this, like, they're not going to find one, they can't go and find one center. They've got to, they've got to fill this, this rotation with some center depth. Look, there were some good things he did every once in a while. I don't want to pay $8 million next year to have Mason Plumlee on the roster. I think I think that's a fine number for a backup center. It's not a great it, – again, it's – if that's your – if that's your starting You can center, get guys on the free agent market at that price that are better, that are actually significantly better. It, it's, it's actually a little bit it, – it's not awful to swallow that money in return for a pick, having him be a backup and then it not being – it not being fully guaranteed was always the appeal of this anyway. That and and so now that you can move on from it, like that's that's the appeal. Yeah. It it's not gonna it's not gonna break their back for the future, I guess. Like if you want to put a positive spin on it. Walker, we've got fans all over the world. Uh, I mm-hmm. saw uh, someone on the chat earlier. I'll try to scroll back. Uh, shout us out from the Philippines. That's amazing. Thank you so much for watching. Shout awesome. out Philippines. Got to shout out our friends in in uh, Australia. We've got a couple of Aussie fans. Uh, one of them, Brett Hansen, uh, messaged me, and uh, they've got a great group called the Real Hornets Fans, and they post some of our episodes on there. Oh, that's awesome. And they're man. having that's some really great cool. conversation there on Facebook. So if you go to Facebook and search Real Hornets Fans, if you want another group to be involved in, uh, they're doing some cool stuff on there, and I I wanted to shout them out. Yeah, very uh, cool. So thank you so much for supporting yeah. the show. It means a lot. I mean, we gotta, you know, we gotta spread the word. Uh the Hornets are getting more popular. More people are wanting to find out more information as as LaMelo Ball works to take this team into playoff, possibly Eastern Conference Finals contention. And so we gotta make sure uh that we're filtering them to the places that uh have fun and enjoy sports and also love to talk about the Charlotte Hornets and have been doing it a while. Yeah, very, very cool. We really we really do appreciate that. That does mean a lot for us. All right, you still scrolling before we end today? What other comments do you have before we end? 
Uh, Amber says, any pillbox hat update, Doug? Yeah, I found a boutique online. Uh, looks like it's going to cost me 20 bones uh, to get a pillbox hat. It's pretty close. I don't want to yeah. show a picture. I, I want to let the big reveal be the big reveal. Can't give the milk out and expect people to buy the cow. You know what I'm saying? 1,000 Facebook likes. That's what we're looking for here, people. Locked on Hornets and I dress like Grandmama. But I did find the hat. Maybe I should go ahead and buy it now so it doesn't... You know, don't run into Speak any kind of you. supply chain issues or something like that. Right. I mean, there's a high demand for those hats right now. You you need to get on it quickly. A lot of talk about the Gordon Hayward trade. Could could you do Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner? Those um those salaries don't match. Uh, they the the Pacers would have to come back with a few more players. That's going to be a tough sell. Well, like uh, Jeremy Lamb was somebody that was yeah. put there in a bunch of fake trades, Reunited. bringing him on home. And it yeah. feels so good. Back at the corner pub playing some darts. I'd love to see it happen. Jeremy Lamb was great. Oh, shout out corner pub. I miss you. Um, all right. Gordon for Christian Wood. Again, what are the Rockets getting in return? And Christian, the, I believe, yeah. is I'm gonna double check this. I believe he's uh what are you what is he is he uh, under contract for a few more years or do they I have to look at his contract situation. No, yeah, I think he is from what because we these are conversations that we had mid season when Gordon Hayward was actually Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So he's uh fourteen million dollars guaranteed for next year. So that would again be a similar situation. I think uh, I think uh Miles Turner Miles is like 18. 18. Mm -hmm. And so uh, so you've got to find even more uh, you've got to find even more players to fill that gap. And so what are they getting back in terms of picks? That would be the question. But then he's a UFA after that. So if Christian Wood doesn't work out, I just don't – I mean, Christian seems to be sour about his time in Charlotte. Didn't go exactly how he planned. So I don't – you know, even though it's different, going to be a different coaching regime, I don't know how much, much love he has for this organization. Well, remember, he had the interesting contract um, situation where it, there was – there were reports out early of him signing a deal – and everybody was like, wait, that deal is crazy small. Uh, that, mm -hmm. that deal could have been had by anybody. That all comes out publicly. And then after that, it's like, wait, all right, well, now it, it's not, that's not the deal anymore. That's not the contract. And so people speculated. The public was like, wait, you know, you can get a lot more for that. That drove the price up. And then it was to something that I think people were able to, you know, like, understand a little more uh reese on here saying i actually like him i like uh, mason Plumley as a backup good contract for bench stash see reese my I... man oh oh man oh we're so late in this episode i i think we should save it for i did there was one thing i meant to talk about and that's the fact that the full well this is good i can tease this for next week the full results for nba player voting came out and uh, right. in case you missed it miles bridges did get some votes for most improved player, including three first place votes. No kidding. Uh, I think he had four second place votes and 11 third place votes, if my memory serves. Maybe more second place votes than that. But anyway, uh, wasn't really in contention for the award, but I think it would be interesting to shout out some folks. I'll tell you right now, I'll go ahead and give you a little taste. I'll tell you right now who Rod Boone, um, at where, where Rod Boone had Miles. He did vote for Miles third place vote okay all right i think he yeah, voted jaw ja. I, ja. I think he voted jaw and maybe desmond bain again i'll i'll get these results and uh, i meant to have them ready i'm sorry i apologize i have a baby you kept me up all night i'm doing the best i can here uh but we'll have those votes for you one more one more question from the chat which i really like wilson asks on the youtube chat any worries about miles bridges in free agency are you worried? How worried are you? What's your worry level? My worry is that the price is going to be driven up from teams that are only in the business strictly to do that, where they like Miles Bridges, but they don't think they're going to get him. They don't want the Charlotte Hornets to get him for anything less than what his true max value is going to be. So a team comes in and says, hey, we'll give you $30 million. We know that the Charlotte Hornets are going to give you whatever you want or whatever we offer because they don't want to lose you. That's what I'm worried about. I, I, at the end of the day, don't think Miles Bridges is going to a different team. I think he's going to play in a Charlotte Hornet uniform next year. But that is where my worry lies, that another team is going to drive the price up strictly only to do that. Here's my concern, mm -hmm. uh, is that the Hornets 
in a similar situation, and maybe this is not similar because Miles is young and has a lot of promise, whereas Kimba was on the downslope, as we unfortunately saw in Boston and, and, and New York. But they still messed around with that whole situation, and everybody, even though Kimba wanted desperately to stay in Charlotte, it was his intention to stay in Charlotte, and the team couldn't get it done, and it, it felt really weird after, after all the dust settled. And I think ultimately it was the right move, uh, but if you are somebody that wants Miles Bridges to stick around, they, don't, they, they, they have a track record such that would make you worry just a little bit that they just mess around a little bit with the money, and then feelings get hurt, and Miles Bridges all of a sudden is playing in Portland. So that's yeah, I, that, that's that's my one, you know, I, I haven't seen, it's just like the trade market, right? People go, how likely do you think the Hornets are to trade? I say pretty unlikely because I haven't seen it. I just haven't seen the evidence that they can go out and make a big move. Similarly, similarly this would be, if they get the deal done with Miles, this would be the first instance that I've seen this particular group, this front office, make a deal to to bring back a player long term like that that they've grown in house. To be fair, this would be the first move you would deem really smart. You know, I mean, look, there there are risks, right? Like there are risks to sign. I'm not saying that there's not another side of the argument, but I think this is the first deal where you're saying, okay, it fits that bill of respect towards a player that you drafted, improved, got theirs, and helps your team go from 23 to 33 to 43 wins with Kimba. It is a completely different situation as we would come to see the couple of years that would fall out. But this is the first player that we've had here recently that fits that bill, right? Like, because you can go back to the salary cap rise where MKG got paid, Nick Batum got paid, you know, that rich Cho regime, they took care of a couple of the role players and it bit them in the ass because of the salary cap and the payroll was just destroyed at that point. You were in cap hell miles bridges now like that that's one where okay growing hasn't reached a ceiling got some mip votes clearly wants it that this is going to be the first example where we'll see if the hornets don't match then that starts to worry you right like how this how this regime operates you know that was too much money like a homegrown guy that clearly cares and you don't pay him that that that's the type of human messaging well, that could go awry and really cause some problems. Well, you know, that's the repu- the reputation hit that the organization mm-hmm. would take if that happens, if they don't come away with anything. You know, yeah. sign and trade, that's a whole different ballgame. Then you're talking about, all right, both teams getting some value going back. And not like a even though again, it worked out. I think it worked out for the Hornets that sign and trade that they did with Terry Rozier. Um, it was still viewed as, oops, we messed up on the Kimba thing. Now let's try to save face. No, like a legit sign and trade involving Miles where teams are getting you know equal value back. That, well, that's it, what they would yeah. need to do to save reputation. Well, and at the end of the day, they did offer Kimba Walker more money than he could have gotten anywhere else. It just wasn't enough to justify not leaving and go to a winning organization. So even if Kimba agrees to the deal that Mitch Kupchak came to the plate with, that would still be a bad contract. And even that was viewed as disrespectful. And it would still be an awful contract now. So, yeah, in the end, this is the one, right? This Miles Bridges example will be the one to look at and see if they take a reputation hit. All right, that'll do it. Hive Live, coming to a conclusion. Thank you so much for joining us here once again on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Appreciate everybody's comments and everybody joining us as they do at the end of this week. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. Now make your second uh, listen, Lockdown NBA, from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Lockdown experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday.